Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Power Hour is in the locker room today. And we know what day it is. <laughs> woof, 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 woof. What day is it? What hump day, day is it? Hump day. Hump day. And also a Wex Wednesday. Yes. Wex Wednesday. We have Steel City Insider editor himself. Uh, author extraordinaire. Extensive extensive catalog. I think it's a catalog of, of, uh, of books for your uh, reading pleasure as well. The one, the only Mr. Jim Wexel is joining us. All right, Wex, how are we doing now? Now, also, Wex, I, I have to preface this before you get in here. This has been a gunpowder Wednesday. I know Wolf just said hump day uh, when I when I hit him with it, but it has been a gunpowder Wednesday. We have been fired up in the locker room this first hour. So just in case there might be some residual of uh, of some jet fuel coffee that that Wolf was ingesting that might be left over during the during this segment. I can take it, brother. I I I, I do a lot of. Uh, work on a message board and uh there's been a lot of gunpowder flying from the fans i'll tell you that <laughs> absolutely no doubt wax. about it wax i can imagine what's everybody saying besides the obvious you know that they they want to jettison half the half the team half the coaches whatever oh no they just want to jettison tomlin <laughs> good grief good i grief. mean no there's a there's there there are mixed of things, but it, Tom, the Tomlin hatred is is uh, foremost. Good. Hey, you know what? What's it, that? It, 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 I, I know social media, and I wrote about this this morning. Social media is closer and in our face right now than it ever was. But the vitriol is the same. They were saying the same thing about Chuck Knoll. Yeah. They said the same thing. I said the same thing about Bill Cowher, and you know Chuck. Chuck in 1991 told his wife. This is a Super Bowl team, but I'm too tired. Yeah. And it was his 23rd year. He was mm -hmm. longer. I believe it was 23. Yeah. And so it was longer than uh, what Mike Tomlin's dealing with and what Bill Cowher dealt with. Now, Bill Cowher, after taking all of that vitriol, won a Super Bowl and proved us all wrong. And so, um, you know, it's the same with Mike Tomlin. So, uh, you know, it's it's just what fans do. It's It's not – they, I know a lot of young fans believe that no coach has been um, as bad as Mike Tomlin or has been as excoriated as he is being right now. But it, it's it's what it's what diehard football fans do. Well, I guess I don't know for myself. It's <laughs> it's a little bit hard, but I do know this. This is a this is an important time period right here for this team because the possibilities of things getting fragmented. 
of people making statements that start to divide rather than bring together and coalesce the team. That's this is an important time to stay. And I, in my own words, I would use, you know, what you see here, what you say here, what you do here stays here when you leave here in the locker room. It's very important at this time that guys keep it together and keep it in the locker room. Well, that's been Mike Tomlin's strength. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, hey, maybe he loses this one, but uh, I don't expect it. I, I think he'll do a good enough job. I, I, you know, he'll keep them together. There, there are some young guys you got to be worried about. Right. But uh, and even if they do spout off, don't exacerbate the things. Don't don't let them fragment. Meet with them right away. Yep. Yep. I, I, there are a couple I would meet with right now, and I'm not going to mention their names because I could be wrong. And I don't know them as well as Mike Tomlin does, but uh, I, I would, yeah, I would be looking to nip that in the bud right now. Yeah, well, well I, I, I kind of, I, I think, I think I have an idea. Uh, I'm not going to say it either, Wex. <laughs> Let's just keep this to uh, ourselves, shall we? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to ourselves while discussing it publicly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that is well, a real misnomer, me, huh? Yeah. Let me let me mention one of the stats I ran across with from Next Gen Stats just emailed me in okay. their newsletter. Um, George Pickens was uh, the lowest had the lowest average yards per separation of separation per target in the NFL. Uh, so they were all over him. Just using one guy as an example mm. that we're not going to talk about. Um, Nico Collins had the fifth lowest at 1.7 yards per separation, yet he went off. So I, I think the plan was right. The execution was poor on Nico Collins. The plan was right for Houston and worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And then that's, and that's kind of where we're at is that you have to make that decision. And, and when you have those type of what we'll call them, uh, those type of reports and, uh, and analysis, you, you take that in there. You take that into the room. You show it to the guys and you say, what are you going to do to change this? And mm -hmm. you give them the tools and the opportunity to reverse course, to get into a better place. But these are all things that, that should fuel you, that should arm you, that should prepare you for what you got to have. Because guess what? The same information we're showing you is the same information the opponent has. So it's not like these are trade secrets. You know, this is this is public information for public consumption. You know, but I also caution people, you know, you can find stats and you can find information to make you feel however you want to feel. <laughs> so if you're looking to feel bad, you can go find information to make you feel bad. But you could also go search out information that makes you feel a little bit better about stuff. And I think that's kind of where this team is at is, what are you choosing to fuel your team with? What are you choosing to fuel yourself with when you have to have these self-reflective moments, Wex? And then, you know, you know, you were there at, at the press conference yesterday. And, you know, you know, what was the general vibe you got from Tomlin, you know, in, in, in his press conference. I w wasn't there. Oh, um, you weren't. Sorry. Sorry. I thought you were. I, I, you I, I watched it. I, I, I watched it. And he seemed, um, you know, there were some excuses he made. Uh, 
legitimate or not, it's unlike him. But after a bad loss, he's always uh, looking to answer questions with more introspection for the reporters and for the fans. So, I mean, I, I know he's getting ripped for some of the so-called excuses, but I, I thought he was being honest. I, I think that the physicality thing is what I talked about before last weekend mm-hmm. when I expected them to have the, the worst emotional flat spot on the schedule. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, a coach can't come out and say we were emotionally flat because that, the blame goes right to him. But his physicality uh, commentary about the injured players, uh, short weeks, keeping everybody limber and fresh as he can, uh, and keeping the half-injured players in mind for the game plan coming up, you know, that that might have spoke to him taking the Texans lightly with a rookie quarterback and a beat-up offensive line, and I think the problem may have filtered down, and I don't know anyone in Pittsburgh, the fans, who didn't expect that. Desmond King didn't expect that. I know that. I talked to him. But uh, I, I think it was a natural emotional flat spot. And uh, now he's going to forget about the half-injured players and ramp the physicality up because this is this is a must-bounce back. I don't know about a must-win, but they must must bounce back and show fight. I mean, this has to be a, this this has to be a dogfight, nope. whether they win or lose. No question about it. Let me ask you, Wex, what's your view on Kenny this week? I mean, you know, with all Mike said and everything, what's your take? You know, I know what coaches have to do to support their guy and build him up. You know, Chuck Knoll stuck with Terry Bradshaw a long time before he gave him the mental rest that, that he needed in 1974, and it paid off in the Super Bowl. But – you know, and, and so I, I understand why Mike Tomlin is siding to give Kenny Pickett every bit of opportunity. But myself, as a writer who often needs mental refreshment, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would use the injury as an excuse to let him sit back and take that mental refreshment. Mm. So I, yeah. I understand why coaches don't do it, and it took Chuck Noll a long time to do it. It's not like the first. You know, after the first four games, he did it. Right. Uh, so, uh, and Bradshaw finally he needed it. He was he was lost, and then he regained himself. That's you know, and that's part of coaching that I think it's really hard to explain when you get into a a great coach because I think great coaches still trust their gut instinct, their the the inner voice that speaks to them. And guys like Chuck Knoll, guys like Bill Cowher, guys like Mike Tomlin, I think that they still listen to that. Even though there's a lot of noise going elsewhere saying other things, they still stay true to what they believe in. And I think that's that's what leadership is all about, if you would think. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, go ahead and if, if you want to expand or disband what I just said. <laughs> well, you know, you're asking a writer who often needs mental refreshment. <laughs> And that's what I would do. I would I would be weak. I don't have strong leadership in my, you know. <laughs> Wolf, if Wolf wants to take an extra day off from writing, if it's, the plane has engine trouble again, then, then go ahead. Wolf, I need to refresh. Oh, like the but time I mean, you kicked my butt when you said, no, I need it now. You know, I mean, come on. 
tell the truth here, man. Exactly. That that could have made you into the writer that you've become today. You know, we could look back on that. But no, instead, I'm letting you wimp out. And that's, but I, I think you're. I think a refreshed wolf. Am I getting punched here? Brilliant. <laughs> hey, if you have to ask Wolf, That's you right. already know the you answer. Know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but 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 Wex, I mean, you know, I mean, th- there have been pressure point moments, and, and I think you know that honeymoon period of the preseason is now over. And it has been effectively over. And now you get into the relationship part of it. Um, you, you know, just were we too high on them from the preseason? And was it an undue expectation on a team that's still uh, figuring itself out? We're, I mean, were, were we, when we look back on it now, the hindsight uh, view of it? Uh, we were. We were. But, you know, Kenny's decisiveness and accuracy was there. That is not something that should be affected by a game plan or whether a first or second team DB is in there. And his throws were on the money. He was decisive. That's gone. So, uh, and and the other things, you know, we we looked at the name players uh, that they signed Mm -hmm. and – and when they did okay in preseason and the team won, yeah, these guys must be the right answer. Now we're looking at them. We're looking at the inside linebackers getting bullied by Kendrick Green on screen passes. And we're saying, geez, maybe maybe not. Uh, some other guys, Larry Ogunjobi, what a great re-signing. Oh, really? The guy can't stop the run. Uh, uh, you know, on and on down the list, you're starting to question Patrick Peterson. Um, uh, the, the strong safeties. Uh, just guys that aren't doing anything. And, and I hate to, to – I like a lot of these guys. I, You know, I love Patrick Peterson. Yeah. But things aren't working out. So you have to say, man, that preseason sure did fool me because of those reasons. Possibly. Or there is also, you know, players week in, week out, things vary. Things go on. And certainly the playing level of this team has been up and down. And – it's hard to explain, again, to some people, you know, the, the necessity of making sure that your mental RPMs are all as revved as high as they can go coming into a game. And some guys, they just don't bring the same level of intensity week in and week out. And that could be problematic as well because you'll see moments where they shine and mo- moments where they decline. You know, it's it's just kind of one of those things. But I, I guess what I, I'm doing when I, I look at some of the, the things, you see some good plays. I saw – Cole Holcomb, uh, he got he got nailed on a, on a screen, absolutely. But I also saw him, you know, go downhill, make a bang on Desmond Pierre on another play and hold him to a one-yard gain. It's functionally still there, but they're not playing together it, as, a, as a group. Um, they're not getting the job done because there's, there's breakdowns that keep happening, and a lot of them have to do with a physical nature. And I hope that this is just – the fact that they're getting pads this week, you know, I think that's one of the greatest detriments that the NFLPA did to this this sport is taking away a lot of the padded sessions where guys learn how to, you know, stay, keep that sword sharp and be able to develop the, the mental and physical 
uh, things that you got to have to play a, a physically banging sport, and that only comes about by playing the physically banging sport. I'm not sure I made sense in that whole diatribe, but you well, know. Well, I'm not sure that Mike Tomlin uh, banging them last week and and still coming away with a three point loss, more physicality, but it, it, with with the Ravens on deck. After two short weeks, two wins, some false confidence perhaps, and the Ravens on deck, I don't know that I'm out there banging, especially with the half-injured guys on two short weeks now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if if, it, if we can blame the NFLPA. You know, it, it would be lovely if we could. <laughs> I, I still want these guys to suffer the way I did, okay? <laughs> All right, so maybe that's a hidden agenda there. Well, you know, Greg Lloyd, I remember him telling me about uh, Chuck. He, he used to be, uh, you know, none of the, not this seven shots. Oh, they lined up at the two, but it was four goal line plays in pads. Mm-hmm. And Chuck kept saying, run it again. Yep. And Lloyd saying, we know where the play's going. You don't think we hit that guy even harder? He goes, it's just brutal. It's just brutal. And Bill Cower is known as a, a demanding physical coach. It demands, you know, some of his training camps when Kendrell Bell and Jerome Bettis were going at it. Those were, those were something to behold. But he was half of what Noel was. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you have – and these guys are getting paid so much, you have to keep their bodies somewhat healthy. Yeah, you have to have some regard for their for their for their well being <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> we apologize, Wolf. Uh, you, you really came up in the wrong era. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and yes. I would even I would, I would even say that for me because if if Cower was only half of what Noel was, <laughs> and I re, I remember going 15 straight plays on goal line. Uh, so <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> on top of it being a two a day, you yeah, know what's so, I, I can only imagine. You know what's so funny, uh, Jim? I in, in Max, I'll tell you this too. I saw Tom Moore down uh, at, at, at training camp a couple of years ago. I walked up to Tom. I go, "Do you remember that Friday we played? I think it was Cleveland week, and it was in 1989. And we ran. Oh, we were doing our goal line thing, full pads on a Friday, and we ran." Uh, toss 28 crack on that, on that play and he goes yeah we ran it over 14 times in a row <laughs> I said yeah. I guess you do remember that you know it yeah, was unbelievable he just quoted it for you <laughs> oh. yeah but I mean that's the way it was done back in the day but certainly one of the things about it is I look at this Wex and I just believe this is an opportunist opportunistic time for Kenny to be able to shine if he's good to go you know, and I, I'm always about guys facing the adversity. I, I'm just that's, I don't know, that's what I believe. All right, and and I'm just if he's able to go, I sure, I certainly hope he's able to step up and face this and get after it because I think that kid's got a lot of moxie. He's got a lot of steel inside of him. I, I think you're right. It's it's uh, that would be the silver lining if he um, does play that. Um, We'll learn more about his fortitude. Uh, so, hey, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I think everybody in town's still rooting for him. We're down on him, and I think everybody's turning away from the quarterback as they used to really boo quarterbacks in this town. <laughs> and I think it does help that he went to Pitt and that he's such a cool guy. You know, he's he's a good guy. I'm not just not just cool, but 
uh, a good dude and nice dude, and uh, everybody's rooting for him. And uh, guys like Matt Canada uh, are the uh, you know the guys that that we can turn our attention to and blame and boo. I I I, I don't want to hear that. If we're gonna hear it. The fire Matt Canada stuff is going to happen all game. I I, I don't know that things are going to go easy for them this week. And I just, I just dread those kind of games. I I just hate that. You feel for the person. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, but it's seemingly right now, Kenny is safe uh, in spite of his shaky play. Well, he needs to up his play. There's no, no question about it. He'll be the first to tell you, you know, I mean that he's an honest guy and he can assess, he understands, and he's in a position of leadership where he knows, you know, that owning owning it is is part of, part and parcel of leadership. You know, so we got to go to break. All right. Okay, All man. All right. Well, well, Wes, we appreciate Wes, we appreciate we 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 really appreciate it. Of course, you can go find him Steel City Insider. You can also go to jimwexel.com for the books. And we will always have Wex every Wednesday hey, here at, inside the locker room for Wex Wednesday. What? What? Go ahead. Before go ahead, you break, uh, do you have a catalog? Because Max was talking about you got a catalog of books. Yeah. Is that is that what I you got have? A catalog at at jimwexel.com, and also it's a big sale at Steel City Insider today and tomorrow. Beautiful. Two uh, months for one buck. So thank Ooh. you guys for allowing me to say that. Absolutely. Glad All to right. have thank you. Thank you, Wex. Okay. Appreciate it, Wex. All right, we're gonna step aside. We got the cool breeze coming up next inside the locker room. Here with Wolf and Starks on ESPN SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, we just love this guy. We got to bring him on Wednesday because on Thursday, he's going to be on the move, so he can't be on the show. So we're bringing in the cool breeze on a Wednesday, and he is brought to you by Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline. $2.50 Bud Light, 16-ounce drafts during all Steelers games. And it is, of course, the great Jerry Dulac. And, Dude, good to have you, my friend. Glad you could make it. Well, Wolf, there are probably a lot of people thinking that you couldn't wait to talk to me, so you had to have me on it uh, 24 <laughs> hours earlier than normal. But I appreciate the little uh, switch in scheduling here. And uh, I am well, my friend, and I hope you are too. No question about it. Now, Jerry, there's just a lot of – boy, there's a, a lot of grumbling going out in the, in the social media stratosphere. Um, but certainly one of the things that uh, you've been around a long time and you know – the importance of keeping it within the four walls of the locker room. How goes that, do you think? Yeah, you know, Wolf, um, I, I, I'm never, as you know, as you know, we've talked about, I am not a uh, person who makes decisions based on four games, good or bad, right. just as I didn't after uh, the first game. And, uh, you know, even it wasn't real pretty in the second game. And, you know, we'll see how things unfold only because I've seen it happen a million times. Now, you know, am I going to, am I going to uh, uh, kind of differentiate from and get away and change my mind after what I thought was a 10 and seven season? No, cause there's too much, there's too much time to go. All that being said, there's some things that got to be fixed. Yeah. And while the defense isn't pretty and I'm not giving them a pass, 
they're on the field way too much. Mm. And there's too many three and outs offensively. And, and you, you know, the question that I have is that, um, that I'm curious about is that how long will they continue to tolerate what they're watching offensively? And I don't mean for four games. We're talking about for two and a quarter seasons now. And will anything change based on what I've seen over the years and years? No. I don't see people want to know, um, uh, you know, will they change? Will they fire Matt Canada? I've never seen that happen in season, and I don't expect to see it happen again. But I think, Wolf, what was going to be curious, too, is one one or two bad series, boy, against Baltimore. And, you know, they're back at home. And uh, he is going to hear it, Matt Canada, and the Steelers are going to hear it. And I thought that was one of the good things about going on the road after those two weeks, after the chance we heard last time at Acroshore Stadium. And um, now they're back coming off a woeful performance. Yeah. And if it starts again, as slow as it's been, man, they're going to come out right away and they're going to be all over Matt Canada. And it's just, it's just not a good environment. You can shut it down all you want or say you are. It's just not a good environment for, for the players and the coaching staff, and even the front office, because, look, they hear it. Of course they do, and they know what's going on. You know, Jerry. <laughs> that sigh said that everything, was a big, Max. That was, man, yeah, that's, that was a that's, big that's, sigh of relief from your partner there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's already, he's already exasperated. I don't know if it's with them or with me, but regardless, yeah. that was some sigh. <laughs> it, was, it, 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 was, it was a good sigh. Uh, you know, when, when I look at it and you look at kind of, you know, um, the tenor in the room for the Mike Tomlin press conference yesterday was, um, you, you could tell there was some frustration. There was, you know, uh, thinking deep thoughtfulness, which of course we always get on a Tuesday with Mike Tomlin, but you know, when he spoke to the lack of physicality and the way that they're going to remedy. I mean, we, you know, when he was announcing big changes, we were thinking it was something else, but it ended up being the physicality and introduction of pads. I mean, do you think that is suffice in his estimation at this point? Um, you know, what, what, where, where are your thoughts about what you were kind of thinking the direction was going when he kind of made that post game statement? And then of course we get to Tuesday as far as how, how, how that went. Well, Max, having, again, having been around them and him for a long, long time, I noted after the game, I said, first of all, yeah, he said he was the hell yeah, I'm going to make changes is what he said. And um, I don't know of one instance where he ever said that, made that quote threat and carried through on it from a personal personnel standpoint. Plus, he did not say personnel. He just said changes, of which I reminded others. I go, right. that could be schematic changes. That could be something else. And as it turns out, I suppose it's how they're going to practice today, putting the pads on. And I, you know, I'm go- you know, I've seen this in the past, not here, but just elsewhere, where men maybe here, where you know, Max, uh, you know, where coaches put the pads on for these guys because they're angry and they want to get their attention. I don't think this is punishment from Mike Tomlin. I think this is just, look, this is what we need. And it's, it, it became apparent to him. And, you know, uh, watching that game, 
And he said he knew it on the sideline. We, we have to put the pads on and get some of the physicalness back into how we prepare. And teams like to do it early in the season because later in the season, guys are beat up. They've had enough punishment. And so they try to stay away from putting the pads on really after, you know, after mid-November for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't really think there were going to be personnel changes because let's be honest. Where are you going to change? I mean, to me, the only change that would make sense is I just think you need to get Joey Porter Jr. on the field. And if you don't, I think what's disturbing about that is what's that say about what they think about Joey Porter? And, and, you know, and I'll make one last point here before I keep droning on here is that they brought Patrick Peterson in to be a different type of player. Mike Tomlin you know, when he was asked about Patrick Peterson, whether at the draft or at the NFL owners meetings, I can't remember um, that he talked about how, you know, at age 33, 13 years in the league, have to be careful how you want to use him. And they want to be fair to him. You know, you're not going to use him the same way you did when he was one of the top three cornerbacks in the league. Well, they haven't really done that. You know, they didn't really want to put him out on the edge and, and have him run with receivers with his back to the quarterback, and that's what he's doing. And that's not fair to Patrick Peterson. Even Patrick talked about it at OTAs, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to be a football player, play different assi- uh, roles, play in different spots, not just be a cornerback. Well, that's how they're having him play, and, and I don't think that's fair to him, and it's certainly not helping them. And so to me, if you want to find a guy who's most capable of playing press man coverage, let the you know have a guy uh, who's on top of receiver and let your pressure get to the quarterback quick. Then that's the only guy they have capable of playing that way, and that's Joey Porter. And um, so, if there was going to be a change in personnel, for me, that's not only the only one that makes sense. I think that's the only option they really have where you think, okay, this is going to make us better. Now I take a look at, but. Uh, you know, Keanu Benton, though, that's, you know, in the front end, obviously. Uh, but the fact is more of a physical, uh, violent, uh, you know, presence there, which I think is a, a good elevation of him being able to do. But also, what do you make of Desmond King uh, being, you know, moved to uh, going along with Chandon Sullivan as a starter at nickel? Well, that I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with that either. You take a different look at that. I think that's been uh, – that's a move that's just been um, – really a non-impactful, uh, you know, uh, so far this year. So I would not put Desmond King on kickoff returns. <laughs> I didn't like some of the decisions he was making right. to bring the ball out of the end zone. I mean, that's not exactly Devin Hester back there. Right. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. As far as Keanu Benton, yeah, that guy has to play. And he, But, Wolf, well, he is playing. What was a little surprising to me is Armand Watts, played more snaps than Keanu Benton the other day, but I kind of get it because without Cam, and then you lose to Marvin Leal, uh, Armand Watts is more suited to play that spot than Keanu Benton. But, I mean, there's no doubt to me Keanu Benton should be playing, and I think it's apparent, too, that Larry Ogunjobi is uh, struggling with his uh, with whatever is bothering him, and that's too bad um, because we saw how he came to camp. We saw the shape he was in. He said he could work out and do the things he wanted to do now uh, during the off season to get in that shape because his foot was good. And then, um, you know, here he has a setback and, um, you know, he just, he, he's not, you know, he's just, he's not the impactful player 
that we saw glimpses of and thought that he would be because of that darn injury. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's one of those tough things. I mean, when you think about where we were in the preseason and, and the depth that we touted and that we felt good about um, has now injuries have mounted up. And now that, that, that depth has been tested and, of course, the health has been tested. I mean, this is the natural attrition of a season. Um, you know, what do you, what, what do you make of some of the corresponding roster moves? Obviously, the uh, bringing up Rodney Williams because of Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you know, now Broderick has now slid in at the left tackle due to the damn Moore injury. Can we just talk about some of those corresponding moves offensively and, uh, and, and where we're at with that? Yeah. Uh, Max, uh, um, first of all, with uh, Pat Fryermuth, they had to bring up a add a, a tight end to the 53-man roster because Connor Hayward is not a tight end. They didn't have anybody but Darnell Washington at this point. Pat Fryermuth, despite the fact that Mike Tomlin said he's very doubtful this for this game, he's not only very doubtful for this game, he's going to be out two to three weeks. It's more than likely that Pat Fryermuth is going to come back the week after the Rams game. So they have the bye week in there, which certainly will help. Dan Moore is not far behind. You know, when Mike Tomlin list the guy out for a game that means they know he's hurt and so i've been told that dan moore is going to be out a, a little longer than than just the ravens game and and that's an opportunity i i think this is uh, i think this is broderick jones uh, entree into the starting lineup and i believe that once he gets there he is going to stay there they're just waiting <clears throat> for that moment you know you don't take a guy uh with a 16th overall pick and have him sit on the bench i mean that's why you drafted him and, um, you know, it's no knock against Dan Moore. It's just that they, you know, they feel, they feel that Broderick Jones is a potential pro bowl tackle. And while they like Dan Moore, I don't think anybody sees him as a pro bowl tackle. So, you know, you're talking now the two rookies uh, from that draft class are, are going to take on prominent roles here for the next couple games. And um, they're going to miss Pat Fryermuth, no question. But we're going to see, obviously, a little bit more of uh, of our Darnell Washington, and um, you know we'll see about Kenny Pickett. I think practice today, is, you know, is going to be key for him and for them because, you know, they want, as you heard Mike Tomlin say, they want him to be transparent. They don't want him to be selfish. Tell us, are you limited? Does I mean, yeah, it's going to hurt. Of course, it's going to hurt. But is it restricting you? And then no, evaluate that as well. So I think their intention and Kenny Pickett's intention is that he will play. I think they want to have a little look-see first to be convinced that that's the best way to go. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for chiming in today, for making an adjustment of coming to the locker room on Wednesday instead of your normal Thursday, and I wish you Godspeed and good travel tomorrow in whatever your endeavors are. Well, fellas, um, always a treat for me to be in the locker room. I enjoy being in this locker room more than I enjoy being in that Steeler locker room. <laughs> that's how much I like you guys. All right. That's the cool breeze, Jerry Duluk. And he's brought to you by Brookline Pub and Pizza in Brookline. $2.50 Bud Light 16-out drafts during all Steelers games. Jerry, we thank you kindly. Take care, my friend. All right. he's that. We'll go to break right now. Jerry's already out of the locker room. <laughs> and we're going to be yeah. back with more as, as we come back for the bell lap with Max leading the way. We'll be back with more here in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you want to gear up with the latest sideline apparel, hats, or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives, you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. They're located at AccraSure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com. And, of course, this game being the Crucial Catch game, make sure you go get your Crucial Catch wear. There's apparel, there's hats, there's toboggans, there are shirts, there are hoodies, men's, women's, kids' sizes, everything. Go check it out on shop.steelers.com for all of that. That's the theme of the day. And, Wolf, it is that time. Yeah. It is Belmont time here inside the locker room. That's right. We're rounding the corner to finish out this episode. Strong finish to the finish line. And, of course, also a finish line to a restaurant to get something to eat because it is the lunch hour coming up as well. I knew that was coming in. It's a dual purpose bell. It it works in all occasions, food or finish lines, you know, one one, one of the two. We'll we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, You know, today was an action packed show. We had two guests back to back. You know, we had, we had Wex, we had Jerry and, you know, and I'm not going to say sit here and say, oh, everything's roses, everything's fine. No, it's not. No. But, you know, the willingness and the, the everybody loves an underdog. And everybody loves an underdog story. And we're kind of setting ourselves up in that position, right? I mean, it, this, this was one where, you, you know, you were, you, were, you, were the, you were the regaled. You were the high expectationers. And now you get knocked back down to reality. You fall down a couple of rungs, but how you pick yourself up, how you dust off is, is what this story is. And, you know, it's a, it is a journey. It is a long season. It is not a short season. It is, it is unforgiving at moments, but how you handle the adversity early determines a grit and resiliency in the end. And I think this is a perfect opportunity that if you are going to come out, if you are going to be pissed off, you know, we kind of expected this lull and this trap game, as you called it last week, Wolf. Trap initiated, trap ensnared. But how do you get yourself out of that trap? How do you build yourself up um, is what we're going to be talking about the rest of this week. So, Wolf, I pose this question to you, sir. Oh, yes. What is the first thing that you do in a day like today after a game like Sunday? Well, if you've been trapped in a trap, in a trap game, therefore trapped, you chew your leg off. (laughs) (laughs) You get out. Exactly. So you don't bite the kneecaps like Dan Campbell. (laughs) You you just, you just nod off. You just go straight saw style, you know, just find a, find a dull blade and like, listen, we're just going to hack this thing away. I need to get out of this trap right now. Did you watch that movie Saw? Have you have you seen that? You mean, you mean the twelve thousand Saw movies that came yeah, out? Yes, I did watch the first one. <laughs> I never did. I could never. I, I can't. Wa- I don't like those horror movies anymore. I loved them when I was in my twenties. I don't know what was the matter, but now that I'm in my sixties, I'm like going, oh, I don't know, man. It like, makes me feel well, uncomfortable. Well, but 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 also, you know, what makes you uncomfortable, right? Is is the fact that there's a decision to be made. Like you're put into 
a situation where there is a clear-cut way out, but what are you willing to sacrifice to get out of it? I think that's perfect for where the Steelers are right now. What are you willing to sacrifice, players? What are you willing to sacrifice, coaches, to get the key to get out of the room, to get out of, quote-unquote, this circumstance that you're in? And I think it's, it's very apropos, but you're right. Do I have the same appetite for for that type of nature, that type of play, that type of mindset you have to go to in my 20s? Do I still have it, like you said, in your mm-hmm. 60s or me in my 40s? Like, where is my appetite for that? And it's like, no, because I know, because we also have reference history. We know what it takes. And you know, it's like, nah, I don't know if I can go there anymore. You know, I could do that in my 20s. <laughs> you know, had bounce back. I mean, that, you know, there's a couple hard nights out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but now it's like, ah, you know what? I'll just have a cigar and one glass of wine. I think I think I'm good tonight. I don't need to go on a I don't need to go on a bender. Uh, there's there's no, no reason. There's no, no celebration no. great enough to risk it. Even though in our 20s, every reason we had to go out and celebrate was a reason to celebrate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a different matter, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's a different matter all in of itself. But I think that's where you're at in the puzzle. You know, it's what are you willing to sacrifice for the greater good to get to the end game? There's going to have to be personal sacrifices made for this team to get back on track. There's going to have to be personal sacrifices made to make sure that you're at your best come Sunday. If it's if it's not going to see family that's coming into town for this game on a Friday, so be it. I'll see y'all Sunday. I'd rather celebrate a victory than have to look you in the face after a defeat. Mm. Uh, those are some of the things you have to choose. Hey, maybe, maybe my social calendar gets a lot lighter. Maybe I start crossing the X's off right. and just get in the lab, you know, in that. Maybe I go to bed a little bit earlier. Mm. Maybe I show up to the facility a little bit earlier to get a little extra treatment, you know, get in the weight room, get a little extra pump, a little extra lift. Maybe I need to hit the sauna. Maybe I need to call the masseuse or the chiropractor, right? Whatever it's going to take to make you at your best, that's the sacrifice you're, you you have to make. And it's demanded of you, you know, from a personal and also from a personnel and a professional standpoint, that's where we're at for this team at this moment because yesterday's results can't be tomorrow's results. It can't be. Oh, yeah. No question about it. And, again, I understand what you're saying about the personal sacrifices. I remember Joe Green when I was a rookie. He walked in the locker room, and, and all of a sudden he commanded everybody's attention with one large large yell in the middle of the Three Rivers locker room. And he said, young men, young rookies, you cannot spend your time at Confetti's, which was a nightclub back in the day. You know, the light there is not – sufficient for studying your playbook (laughs) he said in other words get your rear ends home and get to bed and be prepared for the work day and the weekend all right i mean it was all about making sure everybody got pointed in the same direction and that is the type of leadership that you need inside the clubhouse which i know captain cam is in there the problem is when he's not padded up it's not quite the same effect as when he leads from the front you know, and he knows that. And I know he, yeah. he, 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 he is one of those, one of the most effective leaders I have seen in my history of uh, watching, you know, and being a part of Steelers football, as I've been so fortunate to do. And uh, I, I know that he's salivating to get back on the field 
to take that position of leadership yet again. And it's going to be needed. But somebody's got to step up, and those people have to be able to make plays. And stepping up and making plays are part and parcel of what this weekend is going to be all about. Hey, Wolf, the only confetti you should be concerned with is the confetti falling down in February. <laughs> there you go. That's well said. Not, not, the confetti, not the confetti that falls down on Thursday nights. No. Or like a, uh, <laughs> like, a, like a confetti donut or something? I mean, you know, birthday yeah, yeah, that, cake that, style? That, that, but that, 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 that's just what Jimmy's and Sprinkles, right? I mean, yeah, that's, they call that, that's they call just... that Funfetti, I think, right, Max? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that's the cake. That's when it's baked into the cake. Okay. It's called Funfetti uh, cake. Yes. Yes. If, if, if we're going to be, if we're going for journalistic integrity you know, we, and, and we sh- keeping consistency. You're absolutely. And, and listen, if, <laughs> we, are, we are nothing if not factual on this show, all right? That's yeah, yes, know. yes. Well, Max, yes, we are. You know, like we shorthand this show as ITL, right, in the locker room. Uh, yeah. we, spinoff show drops in the spring. ITK uh, in the kitchen with Wolf. <laughs> okay. Listen, that's video only. Actually, we, we might not want sounds because I don't know if they want to hear us foraging. But yeah. but there hey, there is a category for that. <laughs> well, you watch people eat, but uh, yeah, ours ours would not be the fun ones that are on the internet. Uh, yeah, we need we definitely need to have an inside. Thing. We just you know well, we just need to go to. Calientes, you know, just do a video uh, at Calientes. Yep. Tell them, hey, listen, we're gonna come there. We want to film it, and and it, it'll be a sensation. Now we won't do it at Sharky's during training camp because that's a whole different story. Right. Uh, but this is a PG one. You know <laughs> you what? Know, they no alcohol is consumed. How, I gotta ask. I gotta ask Nick, the owner, say, can you make a Maximilian pie? There we go. That's it. A Maximilian. Oh, yeah. All I know is I get to tag along. I can film too, all right? I yeah. can produce video too, not just radio, <laughs> so, all right? So, so, he's like, I can produce video and eat a slice of pizza at the same time. He can multitask. Right. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, we're, we're going to throw some confetti on the, on, on, the, on this episode of Inside the Locker Room. The show, we are at the end line. We have crossed the line. And we will be back tomorrow. Same bet channel, same bet time here on ESPN and SNR Radio. You've been inside the locker room. Special thanks to our boy, Wesley Euler, Also, Junior Ninja in training, of course, CJ. And, of course, the sensei himself, Brian LaMartina. He's Wolf. I'm Max. Have a great day. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.